Welcome back, y'all, to episode 172 of the Zachary Wingate Podcast, where we go 365 days bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short-form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. So when we look at the conflict going on in Russia, and if we look at the last few days, seeing the transfer of a security military package from the Biden administration into Ukraine, it being roughly $400 million in covering a multitude of things, anti-aircraft rockets, clothes equipment, um, etc. And yes, even 30 Abram take. 30 M1 Abram tanks. These tanks range in, a, in about $10 million a pop. They are manufactured and created within Ohio. Um, General, General Dynamic is the actual contractor that has them within this um, government-run manufacturing site within Ohio. They build roughly 100 to 400 a year. We're kind of getting this interesting point within the war where you know when we look at ukraine we look at some of the stuff within the city we look at the winter time we see kind of this trench warfare becoming a part of the norm um building trenches going deep the deeper you are the safer you are just kind of the mentality whenever you embark on this and with the with germany too releasing um close to i think 60 tanks the leopard tanks i think is what they're called I'm um, reading about them. They're pretty interesting. They seem to be have a little bit more of a simpler operating system. These Abram, these Abram tanks seem to be a lot more complex. They even use jet fuel. So, so just keeping that in mind, you know, as you know, as they're going to be used. But for whatever reason, you know, they're going to be building these tanks from scratch and sending them to Ukraine. Currently, I think within Germany or the European theater, there's about 90 Abram tanks currently sitting there. Um, And it's almost like, you know, you could just send those tanks, but they want to create these new tanks. And it's really interesting because those Abram tanks won't be on the battlefield for probably about a year. If you think about the building, the developing, the contracting, and then the logistics of shipping over. I don't know how long it takes to make a tank, but I'm sure it takes a while. And these German tanks will hit the battlefield a little bit quicker in time for spring. Um, And within that, you will see potential escalations of conflict. Um, You know, it's really important understanding the principles of where this war could be going. Um, At first, we're looking at a lot of things that are being established within Russia, you know, trying to implement and create a Eurasian identity. And within these identity points, you know, a lot of them are created from um, what is known as Putin's brain, or as I like to call it, Putin's strategist, Alex Dugan. Now, Alex Dugan, in his thought process, is one that is could be considered as a neo-Eurasianist. Try to say that five times fast. And within this neo-Eurasianism, you have this 
concept being created that kind of started within the 90s. You have Boris Yeltsin indicating at one point that Russia had no identity, no ideology. They were people without cause. And a lot of them were looking forward to potentially implementing a Western democracy. You know, and you have kind of this transition occur where presidents started to, president, so I don't know, Putin, presidents of Russia started inputting strategies to build an identity for Russia, an identity that the people could get behind because how you control a nation and how you control people is to develop an identity, something they can get behind. If you are part of a globalist mentality and you think certain Western views or XY views and you don't believe them, then you don't stand with your collective. The Russian identity is believed that the individual must stand with the company as a whole and their life is not as important as the Russian agenda. So we look at Alex Dudgen and kind of understanding his theories gives insight into what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. Alex Alex Dugan helped create a lot of these concepts called Eurasianism, him and a group of other ideologists other scholars. So what happened is the Russian parliament, the Russian government leaned on Alexander Dugan and people think like them to create the ideology of Russia. And the concept of that built this thought process that Russia is a unique nation. It is not a part of Asia and it's not a part of Europe. It's a part of Eurasia. And how they stand within their identity represents the fact that they are a magical and important nation when you look at alex dugan he gives me rasputin vibes he has a long beard long hair glasses and he's known for writing a lot of books one of them is um the fourth kind where he talks about the elimination of fascism liberalism he has three points within it i did not dive deep into it whenever i was doing research on dugan i was really trying to understand what his messages were how he talked and you can really get a feel for it you know dugan and this whole ideology is really strong and they think you know that's where putin's kind of drawing on it and when you look at dugan he is a strong supporter of what putin's doing and he's a strong important and he's a strong supporter because he believes in order for russia to kind of take on this eurasia mentality they need to almost restore what Russia looked like during the Soviet Union. Now, we all know that famous quote by Putin that said the collapse of the Soviet Union was the most, the biggest geopolitical catastrophe ever to happen. Now, they're not communists in the way that we think they are anymore, but what they're saying is the influence that Russia had. You know, Dugan believes that Russia is now a part of a monopolar system, you know, no longer unipolar for the United States that United States Western values are, in fact, wrong. Drawing on a lot of these thoughts, because he is a neuro, a neo-Eurasianist, he believes in the Russian Orthodox Church, following on their principles, being more and more conservative with how they see the world, focusing on the family, um, not the individual. A lot of anti-homosexual rhetoric happening from Alex Dunyan. Alex Dugan. So we see him kind of rising to power throughout the 90s, influencing with his books, his concepts, being a scholar at Moscow, 
eventually finding himself on the national security chairman chair. Um, and, you know, he kind of started to have more influence. Now, we're taking this ideology, Eurasianism, neo-Eurasianism, and now we're going to put it into a lens of understanding why Russia invaded Ukraine. Well, Dugan also has stated, Russia will either beat and win this war or destroy the whole world in the process. So why is he saying that? What he's saying is that the concept of Eurasianism now is almost tied to this Ukrainian war. According to the data, I don't know how good it is, about 65% of the population within Russia support this war. And they're supporting this war because this ideology is taking within Russia where you are Russian, you are different, you are not like the rest of the world. And a lot of it has to do with kind of creating that ideology, that ideology of new neo-conservative Eurasianists. And that word is really hard for me to say. <laughs> but what I'm trying to get at this is it's become so strong that Alex Dugan's daughter was killed in a failed assassination attempt. The daughter was actually riding in the car that is believed his father was in. And it, some people think that the Ukrainians went to attack him and ended up unfortunately killing his daughter. That's kind of what, what is being said within the media. Um, but when you peel back the layers of that, for Ukrainians to go after an intellectual individual who's believed to be Putin's brain or Putin's chief strategist, you know, there's a lot of interesting layers to it. I mean, you kind of have this individual who is in, um, really influencing the ideology. And, you know, in an interview, he kind of stated something that was really interesting to me about talking with a reporter and saying, you know, you're a Western, you know, liberal reporter, you think this, you think that. And at the end of the concept or any of the con conversation, Dugan was saying, if you say this, I'll say that. If you say Russian media is balanced, then I'll say your media is balanced. But if you say it's not, then I'm going to say it is in defiance. So there's this concept of defiance of what the United States believes in from Western liberal concepts. And it's something that is really, really strong and it's deep seated in his beliefs. So much so that he does think the United States is part of the the problem when they are interacting on a globalist level. He is on record saying he liked President Trump because President Trump went more inward to focus on the United States. Now, why would he think that? Now, when you look at these proxy wars being fought and all this stuff and kind of creating these situations, Dugan probably liked it because he knew if Putin wanted to take over countries like this, he wouldn't he could he could kind of do it unchallenged if we didn't have nato no telling what would happen within the last 25 years but we're kind of getting these points we're getting and adding tanks to this conflict could potentially escalate it even more we don't know what's going to happen but we do know that dugan if dugan is the strategist of putin and dugan is all or nothing he is going to put pressure on putin to do more within this fight because he believes that Russia needs to, in fact, take over more countries to build this Eurasianist identity 
that is so important to keep Russia afloat. Now, what happens if this fails? So if it fails, we are looking at potentially the downfall of Russia because everything at this point seems to be bought into this, this movement of trying to get this ideology to take. Because if they can t- this ideology takes within Russia, then you're going to have more power out of Russia and it's going to create a stronger base of voting, etc., ideology, war fighting, whatever. If it fails, we don't know what the outcome is going to be. If Russia loses to Ukraine and this ideology is challenged, if this ideology is challenged within Russia and 65% of the population believe in this war, no talent. You know, no telling what are the potentials or the outcome. But maintaining these tanks, you know, it's believed that the Ukrainians need about 100 tanks to have any impact. They've even stated that they want close to 300 uh, tanks. You know, and they're always going to want more, but 300 tanks, even, even, you know, the 31 we're sending is close to 300 million just to build, estimated. Or 30 million. I don't know where my math went there. But that's kind of getting the end point of view. We're sending the tanks and being a part of it. And now we're in a proxy war and we're supplying, you know, which we think about Central America, all the proxy wars we fought there with Russia, and now kind of going back into this trend. Well, now, before we were fighting the Soviet Union, but now we're fighting this ideology of Eurasianism. And I know it sounds crazy because. It's something that I'm just kind of uncovering, but it's going to take if Ukraine is won, and there's going to be more countries part of it. So we're kind of stuck at a slow trajectory of something that could be cataclysmic. Cataclysma. Oh my gosh. I'm going to. It could really be a. It just. It could be a lot bigger than what we're thinking it is at this point. Now we're seeing this war. And it's going to be interesting to see how Alex Dugan comes on. All of his books are banned from Amazon. It's really hard to find information on him. Um, You know, you have to dig really deep in understanding kind of his thought process. But those are my two cents on this, the tanks, as well as this concept of Eurasianism that has been building over the last 20 years within Russia to kind of escalate the war in Ukraine. So I really wanted to share that information as as we see these things happen and kind of provide some insight into where it could potentially be going. Because I know in a lot of ways, the more insight and the more, more information is helpful to understanding. Thank you for listening, and we will get back to you tomorrow.